Welcome back to the OU Global to Hillam and Physics phone call live from sunny Boca Raton, Florida. I am your host, Naftali Herman. Thank you so much for joining today's program and for making it a part of your day on Yom Rubi'i, the third day of the month of Shabbat. Thank you to our incredible and generous sponsors for their continued support, in particular the Schwartz family, whose names are prominently listed in the OU Daily email. To sponsor future programs, please visit OU.org slash call. That's OU.org forward slash B-A-L-L. You can make a sponsorship for any occasion. We just greatly appreciate your support. Please note the deadline to submit a sponsorship for tomorrow's program is today at 5 p.m. Eastern time. We've gotten a few emails from a number of you about the archives. I promise you it is being worked on as we speak. And then throughout the Shen with God's help, we will hopefully have it updated, I'm hoping, by the end of this week. On behalf of the OU, it is my distinct honor to welcome back to the Daily Call and introduce you to the Hospital Formula Congregation of David, Jerusalem, in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, although he himself at the moment, the Formula is not in Montreal. He is in the airport, so if you hear some background noise, um, that is why you are hearing it. He's in transit, and so we're so appreciative of him taking the time to be with us. immediately followed by him solely reciting on the four daily chapters of Tehillim, Tarek Chav, Chav Gimel, Kuf Chavalas, and Kuf Lamed. Those are chapters 20, 23, 121, and 130. And it will be followed by the Mishabelach Lecholim with a sizable pause to insert the names of those whom we are praying for. And we will conclude with the recitation of Achino. What a pleasure and honor it is to welcome Rabbi Freimach back to the Daily Call. It was my pleasure and honor just to see him a few days ago. The Chavod with great honor, Rabbi Freimach. Thank you so much. It is always such a pleasure to be on this call, to be able to share some words of Torah and Chizik with all of you. We know the idea of simcha, of joy, plays such a prominent role in Torah thought and in our lives. And it manifests itself, expresses itself in a very unusual or really unsuspected uh, aspect of this week's pressure. As Hashem introduces the final and most destructive of the ten plagues, the Esther Makot, he tells Moshe to go to Paro Kachatot Talayla and tell him that right smack at midnight, all of the firstborns in Egypt are going to die. This final plague of the death of the firstborn that's going to hit everyone, Hashem says to Moshe. Tell Paro that. Not only not only from the firstborn of Paro yourself, all the way down to the firstborn of the maidservant, that worked the millstones and all of the animals, every firstborn throughout the entire land is going to die on this night. And Rashi is very troubled that the firstborn of Paro should die, the firstborn of the Egyptians that they should die. This is the plague. This is what's going to finally set the Jews free. But the firstborn of the maidservant, the Shifcha, she's a slave in Egypt just like the Jews are slaves in Egypt. What did she do wrong? What did the maidservants do that their firstborns should also die? Rashi says, quoting from the sages, an amazing thing. Rashi says, the maidservants also 
put the Jews into servitude. They also subjugated them. They also, even though they were following the instructions of their Egyptian taskmasters, but they were the ones carrying out against the Jews as well. And then Rashi adds the two critical words, Usmechim Bitsarasam. And they rejoiced in the pain that the Jews were feeling. They liked it. So it wasn't just that they were forced into doing it, but that they enjoyed it. Usmechim. And they had pleasure in that which they were doing. The morale points out those last two words of Rashi are really the key. And the morale introduces an idea that there are often two things which don't go together. They're incompatible with each other. One is being forced to do something. And the second is enjoying it. And these two ideas generally, generally don't go together. We all have in our own lives many things that we want to do, that we enjoy doing. And then there's things that we don't like doing. Take anyone's uh, job, their role, professionally. There are aspects which we might love and enjoy. And then every job has its aspects that we, I have to do this. Okay, so while you're doing that aspect, I have to do this, there's usually no simcha, there's no joy. Even in our roles as, as parents or even as grandparents, 98, 99% of it could be fantastic and we love it. There's, there's certain roles, certain things that we have to do. This I wish I wouldn't have to do. And so it's hard to be joyful when we're doing the parts of things that we don't actually enjoy. But every once in a while in life, because life is not simple, there are times where these two things intersect in which we have to do something, but we like it. And we would choose to do it anyway. Uh, taking a simple example, uh, some people like to exercise and some people uh, don't. Some people like to think about exercising, but they don't like to do it. But imagine if you have a person who likes doing it, makes time for it every day, pays membership fees to do it every day. <clears throat> and then a doctor would tell them, you know, you have a certain condition. In order for you to stay healthy, you must exercise every day. And they say, fantastic. I love doing this. I always want to do this. So now I, I have to do it. But I actually enjoy doing it. And so they continue doing what they've always would have loved to do, even though now they have to do it, but they want it. And how can you tell that even though they have to, they actually would have done it anyway, that they actually enjoy what they're doing? Says the morale, that's in the simcha. If a person has joy in what they're doing, then it's impossible that there's an external force that's forcing them to do it. Because if it's an external force, then there can't be joy. There can't be simcha in something that we do that we would choose not to do if we had it, if we had the choice. But sometimes, even though we're forced to doing something, I would have done this anyway. And in those circumstances, then there's simcha. Because you really want to do this. That, the Maral said, that's what Rashi means. The, the maidservants in Egypt, who were told by their Egyptian taskmasters to do terrible things to the Jews, they can't claim, I, was, I had to, because they enjoyed it. And when you enjoy something, then it's clear that's really who you are at your core and what you would have chosen to have done anyway. And the Maral then goes on to talk about at length, here and in other places, the, the task of the Jew in life as a whole. We have so many things that we have to do. 613 to be exact, plus many, many more. I have to. I have to have key traps. I have to have to do this. I have to do that. Lots of I have tos. The difference between two types of Jews, a Jew who only feels that I have to, cannot function with simcha. 
because there's this overburdening, you have to do something. But a Jew who understands what a gift to be a servant to Hashem, what a gift to be able to have Torah and mitzvahs, goes into Shabbos, and at the exact same time knows, I, I have to do this. Yet, does it with joy, with simcha. I would have done this anyway. I love this. I'm so excited to have a parsha in Hashem and His Torah and His people. It's possible, in our sense, that at the same time that a person has a feeling of, I'm an Evan, I'm a servant to Hashem, I have to do certain things. At the same time, a Jew can feel there's nothing more that I would love to do than this and can actually combine those two things simultaneously. I'm fulfilling that which I have to do, and I do it with such joy, with such a sense to be able to be part of the Am Hashem. And much like the Shifra might have to do something to make servants in the time, but you can see from the joy on their faces that this is the essence of who they are, a Jew's joy that exudes from their being as they perform mitzvahs, expresses the essence of who we are, even as we have the same feeling of, I am a servant to Hashem, and I have to do certain things. We should always be zocha, always merit and be privileged to live our lives with double feelings, with feelings of, I have to, and I want to, and I love this, and that expresses itself in the simcha in which we do everything. Wishing everyone a beautiful, beautiful day. We will say some tehillim together. Beginning with Perek Chak. Lam Naseyach Mizmor Lidovid Ya'an Chadunai Diyom Tara Yisagef Hashem Elohe Yaakov Yishlach Ezrochon Mikodesh Umitziyon Yisadecha Yizkor Kol Minchotecha Diyor Lachmecha Yidash Neseba Yitain Lecha Chil Vavecha Vechol Asasecha Yimabeich Adinoyoshi <laughs> Shirla <laughs> <laughs> 
Amen. Thank you so much, Rabbi Freundlich. We wish you a safe journey on the next leg as you continue on. We hope and pray that all our collective efforts for safety, strength, and rafua for all of those in need will be answered with Tova for good. And we hope all of our tefillahs, all of our prayers are answered for good. Please join us again tomorrow on Thursday for our next scheduled program. With hearts full of faith, stay strong, hopeful, and optimistic, wishing everyone a wonderful, healthy, and safe day.